welcome traders and everybody who decided to tune in. I go about as Medici FX and today on the second episode of Trading Psychology we've got the founder of Archimedes Capital, uh, Max, who goes about as uh, FX Machiavelli on Instagram. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you man for having me. Let's do it. Yeah, thank you for joining. So in today's uh, episode, I'd like to touch upon the topic of uh, retail and institutional aspect of trading yeah. and the psychology cool. behind of that. So me, myself, I'm a retail trader and for retail traders, we're like, we're the small fish in the tank between all the institutions and the banks and, you know, everyone who yeah. did the big money, the smart money yeah. in a sense. And for us, we really need to focus on all the steps we take, uh, our strategy, our psychology, everything has to be in tune. Uh, in a sense, yeah. to actually succeed in this market. Yeah. Um, but no, I know that you have experience in the institutional and retail side of uh, trading. Right. right. So, what's your take on this? Uh, the psychological like aspects of is it easier for institutional traders with their game plans, or how would it differ? Would you say to retail traders? Right. I think um, the huge you know bottleneck that retail traders have is obviously their emotions and, you know, controlling their emotions at the end of the day. Uh, we notice that when retail traders are on a losing streak, they panic um, and, you know, they step away from the market because they're afraid that their next trade is going to be, you know, another losing trade. Whereas if you look at the common fact that all institutional traders have is they were once also just a retail trader. Um, and let's clarify really quickly that, um, the manner that I traded institutionally isn't, you know, the manner that the actual institutions trade. It's just a strategy that is based upon the same movements that they trade. Right. The hopes of, you know, catching the same moves that they catch. Uh, because unless you're working for an actual institution, an actual big player that can pump volume, like, you know, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, like any of the big five, you're not actually trading institutionally. So just to clarify, the strategies that I've done at several prop funds is just retail trading with an institutional background. Um, and that's basically a different strategy such as supply and demand, but much more in depth in the sense that you go through this checklist you have beforehand and you check all your checks and you either get a green light or a red light. And if it's green, you go, you take your trade. If it's red, you just sit back simple as. And to go back to your question, I mean, that's the main difference in the roots in, in, uh, you know, every trader, they still have, you know, the fear that they have in the market, you know, is this trade going to work out? But I think institutional traders, or let's go back, you know, retail traders with institutional knowledge have that a lot less because they are really trying to go with the big boys in the market. So if it checks their checklist, you know, there's less of a, I'm really taking a leap of faith here. I'm really jumping the gun and need to grow my balls because you got to take the trade. Whereas institutional traders are just like, Hey, it checks my checklist. It's green light. Bang. This is one of my trades. Just got to go. Right. Okay. And would you say, you say that, um, those who have institutional knowledge are far, far calmer in a sense. Yeah. Would you say that if you start off with institutional knowledge, you would be calm initially and then you can apply that to retail trading? on private accounts or would you say that building it up from state like having a retail knowledge first and then yeah. going into institutional trains you better uh from like uncoherent in a sense uh, emotions and you know you're not with the market yeah into actually think, becoming structured 
I think, I mean, if the if there's an opportunity for someone that can just step into the game with institutional knowledge, yes, they will most definitely be a lot more calmer and a lot more uh, yeah, in tune with themselves while trading, whether that be retail or institutionally. But if you start off institutionally, then yes, I do believe that uh, your foundation for your emotions is going to be a lot less hectic and chaotic than the foundation and emotions of a, of a trader that's just stepping into the Forex game and blowing their first account. Because yeah. your strategy is a lot more mechanical, right? Um, there's no room for you to let your fear and greed kick in and, you know, to go full margin on the next trade because you just lost your last three trades. Yeah, because correct. You're gonna be like, okay, yeah, if I go full margin on my next mechanical trade, I'm, I'm just, you know, really asking for trouble here. Right. Because my trading plan and my mechanical strategy is telling me to, you know, just risk half a percent max. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think it really does. I mean, institutional mannerism is a lot better and a lot more controlled than um, retail trading, but at the cost of, you know, adaptability and how flexible you can adapt to the markets. Because if you have a mechanical approach, and that's what we saw this year. Lots of institutional traders actually got, you know, clapped left, right, centers because they had this mechanical approach and the market conditions changed drastically that the moment, you know, they get in a trade, it hits their SO because, you know, they're just ticking these boxes and they go with the trade. But the market is so hectic and volatile that, you know, they take 12, 13 losing trades in a row and then they're sitting there on their hands, you know, with 7% lost. So, right. Yeah. In terms of, uh, uh, circumstances this year you would personally say that adaptability was the key factor in succeeding in this market i think in general you know um if you were to outweigh some pros and cons of uh, institutional mindset versus retail mindset you've got your major con of a retail mindset is you can let your emotions come in you can let yourself be driven by fear by greed and by everything you're like oh you know i'm not going to take the next trade so that's the problem of you know pulling the trigger but um, when it comes to the biggest con of having the institutional mannerism is that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, you've got no sixth sense, basically. You're not really feeling the market, so you're just pulling the trigger. And whether you're shooting in a dark room, you have no idea what you're shooting at. You're just shooting because, you know, your your trade plan is telling you to shoot. Right. So um, retail traders, if you, you know, if you can combine, that's, that's overall the general consensus here. The best point here is if you combine the best of both worlds is have the adaptability of a retail trader, right? And combine that with the mindset and, you know, mechanical background of a, of an institutional trader, then you really get a solid ratio and you got this golden trade plan where you can execute in a very flexible manner and approach it in a very mechanical way. So, I think that's the best. That's a good point. I think, yeah, then people, then the traders would have like a structured plan and they know how to manage their emotions exactly. and be adaptable exactly. to every scenario to be successful. This actually ties into a really interesting topic that many traders have in mind. And the thing that we actually get taught in society is that the more the better. So looking yeah. that to screen time, you know, yeah. many traders might think and actually do think that the more you time you spend on the screen the better you're going to be and the more right. money you're going to make uh i reckon that that's not the case at all i think we have to un unteach ourselves uh that the more the, the better it's not the case because some people might they might spend like an hour on the charts and make more 
than someone who's spending eight hours. Exactly. Right. Um, do you think that differs in the institutional and retail mindset in the sense that if you're an institutional, uh, if you're using institutional uh, strategies, you just set your um, positions based on yeah. your checklist, whereas retail yeah. traders are playing around, they're trying to find the better, the trying to play around with their entries, this and that. They'll go back but to the screen. Let's go, let's go talk, talk about your experience. You know, I mean, you've, you've had a forward growth in this aspect. I mean, we've talked about this many times. Yeah. So share, share, uh, you know, for everyone listening, I mean, share your thoughts on screen time because, you know, I remember back in the days, it was full on eight hours a day, but just, so, go on, go on about that. I mean, before I answer my institutional aspect of there, just I think it's important to see what we're comparing it with. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, I am somebody. Well, I've been trading for th three years now, and in yeah. the beginning, uh, yeah, I really thought that the more the better, and I would actually spend yeah eight nine hours a day. <laughs> I would have my strategies, you know, and I would have my um, pendings in, so my positions. I would have yeah. them uh, standing. And you know, I would place like four and I'll be really happy with it because they go according to my plan. And then yeah. half an hour later, I'll go back on the screen and I'll see a little thing change and I'll be like, oh, okay, maybe I should change my position here. And then exactly. I'll, That's the thing. And then I'll uh, change it there. And then I ended up and I'll end up, you know, spending three more hours adapting the positions I put down before and they don't end up working because you know i stress too much about it exactly and i feel that many uh traders actually the beginning and you know intermediate or tr failing traders have that because they can't just put their hands you know to themselves and not touch the screen don't touch the tar charts anymore you made your analysis leave exactly. it that's the thing it should work out if it does not you know it's part of business of taking uh, a loss but exactly. in all circumstances, I would say don't go back unless there's major like uh, things in the market that will affect your trade. We're talking about yeah. news or any unprecedented, you know, events. But for the yeah. rest, don't mess around. You know, don't. There's no point because you're only making it harder for yourself, and you're wasting your time, and you won't make more. Right. So I mean. There, there's your point of, uh, of, of, of more screen time is, uh, doesn't equal to a linear, uh, progressive growth. Uh, and you know, if, if you compare it to how much screen time, you know, you're doing now, it's just you place your pendings. That's it. You see it and you know, you wait for your next candle close, you know, yeah, that's exactly. all your strategy. Um, and that's actually, uh, stems from, you know, a mechanical approach. Institutional trading is it's, it's fly or die, right? You know, you got your trade, you place it, and that's it. It's valid. You know, you validated it, and um, it checks every box that you have on your little sheet of paper on the side of your computer, and that's it. You know, it either goes well or it goes wrong. And then the moment you enter the trade, you go to, you know, phase two of your trade where you just monitor the trade. Yes. But that definitely doesn't link up with um, more screen time equals better trading. No, I mean, if you're not being efficient, like what you said, uh, you're, you're basically just shooting yourself in your own foot because you're looking at trades, you're looking at your screen and, you know, there really isn't that much going on in, you know, one hour if you're just sitting at uh, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. before London opening, you're just there like, okay, these next two hours doesn't really give you much, right? No. Um, and that's why what we, what we teach and what we preach as well is, um, look, and just be efficient, you know, 
yes, at the beginning, it's uh, it's good to have your screen time, but you hit a plateau really quickly because the moment you just see stuff that's there and then you start looking for stuff that really isn't there. So um, when it comes to that, you just need to make sure that you stay stable and that you just take your stuff you take your trade and you just walk away, place it and let it go, let it fly, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, moving a little bit from trading into, I think, um, society's norms, like, we're not, right. we're not taught, uh, this, about this in like schools, you know, in schools no. or in universities or anywhere from this, from young on, we're taught yeah. that, you know, you do the best and you're going to put in a lot of work and, and then when you go to nine to five and then you put in your nine hours or whatever, six hours of work, yeah. And you're going to get paid for that. You know, you have your hourly wage. But yeah. in order to, I think, succeed here, we need to understand that it's not it one go again, like with those guidelines. Exactly. That's the thing. I mean, like what you said, the, the reason that we get this motto of, you know, work hard, you, you know, you get paid, work hard, play hard. I don't know what the, what the saying is, but essentially that, you know, the more that you put in, the more that you get out is because essentially you get clocked for your hours. So the more hours you work in, the more you get paid. Exactly. That's the nine to five mentality here. But what we don't have is, you know, we're not, we're not paid per hour, right? You know, we're paid for, you know, how smart and how good our uh, risk to reward ratios, how good our trades are, you know, how good your profit factor is. So yeah, it really doesn't matter if sense. you're sitting nine yet yeah. if you're sitting nine hours behind your screen or if you're sitting three hours behind the screen you could yield the same results with how long you're staying exactly yeah so that is something that's uh, really important for people to understand in this game yeah um there's also a couple of environment factors that do affect traders and things that traders or let's say failing traders uh fail to understand is that right. many of them take Forex as a hobby. Right. And they uh, think like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take this as my side job. Yeah. And, I'll, you know, I'll just earn extra side income. And then I'll ah. just do whatever I'm doing on the on my main focus, you know. And that is a huge, huge mistake uh, which failing traders uh, make. Because they think that, yeah. uh, you know, it will be like one, two, three, and you're going to make money. But I mean, we, we all saw that at the beginning. We saw that with you as well at the beginning, right? Yeah, you, definitely. Uh... <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I was, uh, I mean, everyone, you know, your first year of Forex isn't really your first year of Forex because, uh, you, you take a break on and off, uh, for two or three months and that's it. You come back and you, you expect to make the same amount of money you made when you had your lucky streak. Yeah. Um, and with you, I mean, what, what was your case? I mean, you had a, you had your first year, but I remember a couple of breaks being held here and there. And then, you know, that mindset just came back. Yeah, definitely. I had that on and off period in the first year that, you know, I would trade for six months. Uh, yeah. and then I would be like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll come back to it four months later. And then thinking that four months later, I'd remember everything I did. Yeah. Whereas in essence, I didn't even perfect or even, let's say, understand most of what I did. And That's I came back to the charts with a, a back at ground zero, which yeah. uh, definitely showed in the results and blown accounts that I had. <laughs> so the amount of blown accounts is, you know, but you know, you learn. And if you're willing to learn and to understand that it's not a hobby, you will you go. Make, you make the bigger steps. Yeah, That's the thing. Um, let, let's go right back to what you were saying is the moment that 
you maintain your like habits also, let's say, you know, 21 day habits, then you really start to put them in your lifestyle. And then it just becomes, you know, part of your daily routine. Whereas with Forex people just, you know, they do it for a week or two and that's it. And then they go on, they move further and they try to come back. Then, you know, they, they lost this kind of muscle memory, although it's not like physical muscle memory. It's this, it's this mindset, you know, you tap into this zone. And you're like, okay, now I'm trading. And that's just like going to work. You know, you have to treat it just like, you know, when you're in your work attire, in your suit, going to your nine to five, going to your job, you are in your head, you are, I'm going to work. And that really puts you in this mindset where you need to, you know, you you get results a lot better because it's work. You know, you got to do it. You know, it obviously has to be fun as well. And trading is fun. But if you make it too fun, you're going to slack off. Absolutely. Uh, could you maybe share how it was for you starting out with Forex? Because you've been in yeah. this game for a while already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, the you know, you come into this game, you know, you're gonna think you're gonna make a lot of money, and you see all those people on IG, all those gurus flex their you know Lambos and stuff. And you're like, I bet you can do the same thing, right? right. So I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my phone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up to you know one of their referral links. And I'm gonna you know put my first 500 euros in, and just gonna click a couple buttons. Uh, and that can go one of two ways. For me, it went, uh, the first way, which is you get a lucky streak and you get good and you, you know, you think you can drop out and, you know, start putting your car orders in for the next year, <laughs> that type of vibe. <laughs> so, um, you have no idea what you're doing actually. And looking back, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, you're clicking buttons and you feel like you can just simply keep clicking buttons and, you know, you might get lucky. Because if you don't, you know, get an edge, the probability is, you know, at the end of the day, 50-50, right? So you can just, same as going to roulette and putting everything on black the whole time, you know, you might walk away with 50% extra of what, you know, you gain at the end of the day. That's your edge. It's a, it's a ratio of win-loss, just 50% winning, 50% losing. So I essentially had that going on quite well. And that stacked a couple of times, you know, flipped your account a couple of times, but then the moment you think that, you know, you've plateaued there already, you start to lose everything. The next trade, bang, everything gone, account blown. And then you sit there and you're like, okay, what did you do? Like, what went wrong? So in essence, what you got to understand, what you really got to go through is the fact that the more you trade, the more you do, you think you're doing good, you will slack off. So, you, you know, you put all your work in and then, you know, you, you plateau and you think that's it. You really got to step away from that mindset. You just got to understand that, hey, it's not about uh, about slacking off and just treating it as a hobby. You're like, oh, casually, uh, hey, this is it. You know, I can uh, I can make my lifestyle from here. You really got to understand that you need to put in a lot more. You need to treat it a lot like a business, like an actual you know, company that you're setting up, whether your losses be company expenses, you know, it's all part of the plan. You just got to treat it a lot more serious than, you know, all those Instagram gurus actually put it out there to be. They're like, oh yeah, clap, you know, make a side income. It's really not going to be a side income. You know, you got to treat it as your main income. Absolutely. You keep yourself in check day in, day out, regardless of how it's going. Yeah. Uh, Good or bad. That's the thing. Um, 
What about what's your view on like rules? Let's say there I've read on couple a couple of gurus traders they have the rules that you make three losses a day you step away or you make one loss a day you step away you make three wins you step away. What's your take on that? Um, I think you know, um, with like like what you said, where we went back to our point of retail adaptability. Um, it's good to have those rules. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know you also need to know. You need you got to stay flexible, stay adaptive. But um, the general rule of thumb here is: if you had a good day, you had a good day, uh, and you just got to walk away, right? You know why? Why be too greedy? Right. Um, and you know, for me, in essence, uh, there's a rule that we go along as well. It's just a percent a day. You know, that, right. that's all you need, right? That's a lot more than what you need. Um, and if you had, you know, a losing day, it's also part of the thing. So um, my general rules that I have is: if I won. Uh, on a specific pair that day, that's it. You know, I call it a day for that pair. If there's, you know, if there's a new opportunity on that pair, let's say GBP USD, let's say I won on GBP USD for that day, that's it. I'll walk away. If there's a new opportunity on GU, I won't take it because I already won right. with GU that day. Same goes with losing. If I lost, you know, with USD uh, CAD, let's say, I'm not going to take, you know, that again. You know, I lost. You know, I can, I can go tomorrow. I can try again. You know, same old, same old. Um, but there is there is a good thing about having, let's say, a target. Let's say one percent. That's what we have here. It's just if you have one percent for the day, don't don't push it. You know, right. that's it. Simple. Don't be greedy. And if you're losing, know that you're losing. Right. Cut right. your losses short. Don't let fear overrule you and think that you got to get revenge trading. That you got to take the next trade because that could be the trade. Right. It's, uh, it's a very difficult topic, but in all essence, you just got to stay adaptive. And if you're just true to yourself, knowing when you're winning, knowing when you're losing, you'll be good. Okay. And so, but then let's say we bring this into real life um, example. For example, there's two right. types of uh, traders, okay? Or two types of people. One has an environment which is chill and he has no rush in learning this and making money, but he does one too. Yeah. And one that needs to use Forex as a means of actually making money to sustain his life because he's got no other situation. Yeah. What do you think, like, for me personally, I think you need to find, I think you can, those are two extremes, obviously, because if you're too yeah. relaxed, you obviously will not be making because you don't set the set rules in a sense. Exactly. I, I think I I'm, I'm, might be wrong. Right. But if you are dependent on it, I like... I think that's also too much pressure for some to handle for most. No, exactly. It's, uh, I think you got to really find a balance in between those two. Um, you got to kind of mix the white and the blue there and, you know, kind of get your own little, little area in between where you're just saying like, Hey, um, you, you don't have to treat it that you're just slacking off, right? right. That, you know, everything is relaxing. You can just kind of do it, you know, just on the side, but, if there's too much pressure on it, you know, you're going to crack at one point, then you're just going to lose everything as well. Right. So it's really about um, taking, you know, the goods of both of those, uh, both of those extremes and putting them together and having the mentality like, Hey, I have to have it serious as if there's a lot of pressure on me and that, you know, when you got to make money, you make money, but you also don't have to have it slacking off where it's like, Hey, you know, I can make money when I want to make money. No, no, you really got to put it, find this really balanced for your mental health as well, that, hey, you need to have it to a point where you can make money when you want to make money, but not feel that you need to make the money, right? Right. 
but still have that underlying pressure that, you know, you want the results that you want and you want to, you know, achieve the best that you want. So you just got to take balance them both out and you'll be good, I think. Right. No, I agree with that. Definitely. Um, from my side, I have one more topic sure. I'd like to touch sure. upon. Is uh, It's rather different, but it's books regarding trading. So in the three years that, you know, I've been trading, I've read, I haven't read many books, but I've read some regarding trading. But yeah. I know people who've been trading and uh, been successful at who haven't read anything. Okay. In, in my case, I know that psychology was uh, and still is to some extent the biggest factor which does limit me. Yeah. But there are some books that did help me out. How, okay. How, how is it for you? Did you have to read the books to understand or did you kind of grasp it in, uh, as you go um, with it? I mean, I mean, look, reading, reading helps in every aspect of life, right? You know, the, the people that read are the, the people that, you know, can get more information from the sources around them. And with trading, there's no set book that's going to give you, you know, the answers, and the holy grail to trading, whether that be, you know, guidebooks or anything. But there are books that can help you psychology. Um let's say trading in the zone is probably one of the best ones I've read. Naked Forex is a really good one I've read. Uh, The four hour work week, um, what winners do before 8 a.m. All of those will help you build your own routine, which can then complement your trading. Um, But I'm not saying, you know, it's necessary to read those books to become a good trader. And it's not going to make your learning curve any faster than the people that don't read those books. But there are literally no negatives to reading those books. That's the thing. Right. So I can recommend reading those books. You know, you yourself, uh, having read, I think, the most books of all three of us here at Archimedes, um, you can say that it, it complements your lifestyle, right? And that lifestyle then goes hand in hand with your trading habits and those habits then yield the results that you want to yield. So, Absolutely. It's something also that I touched upon in last episode that your yeah. discipline... And the way you kind of structure your day is exactly. is what brings success as well in the market. Exactly. And yeah, that's what those books essentially do help with. Exactly. I mean, if you can sit down and discipline yourself and just tell yourself like, hey, now I'm trading, then sure, go, go your gang. If, if you can do that, kudos. But for some people and for myself as well, I can uh, I can get that done naturally and some others you know might need to be pushed a bit more in this mindset with uh, with reading these books and then like hey now i understand what i got to do or how i feel mentally about it and then they can carry on with their lifestyle you know putting in new habits waking up early you know going to the gym uh whatever it be to you know put yourself in that mindset and that rhythm to you know trade well right yeah um i think I've covered everything that I was interested to hear about, and I really appreciate you cool. sharing um, your knowledge and your cool. take on this. Yeah, uh, any day, man. Super cool. Is there anything that uh, you would maybe still want to add on top of our conversation? Um, no, I think if we go through, we're going to be uh, putting everything in this nice document where we'll lay it out nicely, going through some um, Q&As that we really covered. Yes. And uh, I think that's it, man. Very well put. We had a really good talk and uh, that's that. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again for joining. Any day, man. Take care. And uh, for everyone who found this uh, interesting, stay tuned. There's more to come. And thank you for listening.